Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to your Monday, July 20th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, only Penn Orthopedics has the reputation, the ingenuity, and the expertise to offer the region's widest array of treatments in every orthopedic specialty, all in a safe and secure environment. The Penn Orthopedics team creates the ideal care plan with options fueled by our own world-renowned research doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. A lot to get to in this episode as phase three and a training camp continues. In just a couple of moments, you're going to hear my conversation with Flyers captain Claude Giroux. Had a chance to catch up with the captain, talk about the pandemic, being a father during the pandemic, and uh, heading to the bubble city in Toronto here in just a couple of days' time and how preparation are underway uh, for the NHL resumption and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Also going to hear from Elaine Vigneault after Sunday's practice at the Flyers Skate Zone. Jake Voracek, who was unable or unfit to play on Saturday for the Flyers scrimmage, we'll hear from Jake after he was back on the ice on Sunday. Plus hear from Flyers defenseman Phil Myers, who Mike Yo Flyers coach... Uh, who Mike Yo, Flyers assistant coach, lauded along with Travis Sanheim and that pairing and how it's made such a difference for the Flyers. We'll hear from the Flyers blue liner coming up here as well. Also a reminder that in tomorrow's episode, Tuesday's episode of Flyers Daily, uh, you'll hear a conversation I was able to have with Flyers goaltender Carter Hart as he prepares for his first Stanley Cup playoffs and how the layoff could affect uh, him as a goaltender and his uh, lack of uh, ice that he was able to get during the pandemic and the pause, uh, how that affects his preparations as well. So that'll be coming up on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. Let's get right into it now, though. My conversation with Flyers captain Claude Giroux. Uh, NHL Phase 3 is underway. Training camp is underway. And joining us right now on Flyers Daily, it's the captain, Claude Giroux. Claude, how you doing? Pretty good yourself. Hanging in, man. It's been uh, it's been too long, right? The game's been off the ice for far too long. How's it feel to be back with the boys? How's it feel to be back on the ice and and getting some sense of normalcy in our really kind of uncertain world right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's good to see the guys again. It's been uh, it's been a while, and uh, I think first practice that we had was uh, was kind of a tough goal. It's been a while, so guys were trying to get their legs going, their hands going, and uh, we've had uh, I think four practices now or three and. Uh, everything uh, is kind of falling to places here. Um, how did you handle the pause? Because, you know, everybody had to handle it differently. You have a, you have a young uh, son at home right now, Gavin, uh, coming up on his birthday here, coming up next month. Uh, but, but how was the pause for you and, you know, your wife and your baby? And it's the time you get to spend with your baby that perhaps you wouldn't have. So that's a good thing. But how's it been for you? Yeah, I mean, early on, it was kind of weird. Uh, you know, everybody kind of staying in their homes and, uh, just going anywhere was uh, uh, wasn't really an option. So uh, we spent a lot of time at home, uh, me, my wife, and uh, and Gavin, and uh, we we got some quality time together. We, uh, you know, the 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 little guy is uh, he doesn't stop moving. So he was uh, he was fun to play with, and uh, just to see him kind of getting older um, uh, with time, it's pretty uh, it's pretty fun to uh, to spend time with him like that. How's your first year of fatherhood been? It's really surreal because you're right. So much changes so quick um, from that moment when, they, when they're born and they can't hold their head up and, and things, you know, by the time they're one, a lot of times they're, they're walking. It's almost crazy to see that evolution so quickly. How, how's that first year of fatherhood been for you? 
Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, like you said, he uh, we're, hold, we're we're holding him, holding his head because he's not strong enough, and then you kind of blink an eye, and he's uh, he's almost walking. So uh, it's uh, obviously the next few months here. It's, uh, it's going to be tough to not be able to see them. Uh, I bet I spend every day with him for uh, for about four months. So it's uh, you know he's uh, he's in good hands with my wife. She's uh, she's amazing, and uh, you know. It's, it's sacrifice that uh, a lot of families have to do, um, you know, not to be home for uh, for that amount of time. It's uh, it's not ideal. Yeah, nothing about this pandemic is ideal. Uh, as you were kind of sitting out the pause and and everybody was kind of you know bunkered down. Uh, were you a guy that was kind of following the news of you know all the league elements, you know, as they happened and almost becoming obsessive about it, like a lot of people, or were you kind of like all right, when, when we have something tangible here and we're going to return, then, then I'll, be, I'll be ready. Uh, but I can't sit here to obsess on every twist and turn of this, of this journey. Yeah, I think the first uh, month, maybe two months, I was, uh, I was all, all about the news, kind of knowing what's going on and uh, just trying to figure out uh, how I should train and how I should be ready if we do come back and if it's a possibility. And, and after a while, I kind of... Uh, kind of stop following the, that a little bit and just kind of try to get back in shape and and uh, just knowing if, if we do come back is I'm, I'll be in the best shape I can be. Claude, uh, as a player that's played in the league for a long time now, um, you, you know, were you able to recharge mentally? You, know, you had like kind of the length of an off season, um, but with that unknown factor, it's hard to let go and, you know, kind of let your whole mind and body recharge. Were you able to accomplish that, do you feel like? Because in the next year, calendar year, there's going to be a ton of hockey. Yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, the unknown was kind of the thing that, was, uh, that wasn't very fun. You know, you're, you're going to train, you're going to skate at the end there, and the motivation is maybe not there because you're not even know if you're coming back. And uh, when, uh, when it starts uh, falling to places that we're going to come back, that, that's when the motivation kind of steps in and uh, you can actually put your mind uh, into play and be able to, uh, to come back. Yeah, having that target date is, is huge for you guys, knowing what you're coming back to. Um, being, being a veteran in the league, you've changed your training over the years. We've talked about it um, and kind of uh, not training harder, but training smarter. Um, having that advantage of knowing how your body responds to certain types of training. Do, do you think that gives you an advantage and veteran players maybe an advantage of working their way back into shape uh, and getting hockey shape because you've been through maybe different imaginations of, of getting yourself back ready after so many years in the league? Uh, uh, I hope so. Uh-huh. But you know what? <laughs> uh, uh, the young players coming in now, it's uh, they're, uh, they're fast. They got, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're very strong. And so it's, uh, I don't know if there'll be an advantage, but uh uh, yeah, you're trying to find what's what's best for you. Uh, every guy's training is a little bit different, and um, when you realize what's good for you, you kind of focus on that. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be very different. You know, you start the season usually, and you got a few games to be able to uh, to get the timing and being able to uh, to have uh, chemistry with your teammates. And uh, that won't be the case here. We're going to play three games or four games before we actually play the playoffs. So it's uh, you got to be able to get a uh, right into it right away. Uh, how was the first couple of skates with the full group for you? Um, how did it feel? How did you feel? Everybody kind of looked. Everybody's going to be knocking off the rust, and the hands aren't going to be in perfect concert with the feet and the brain, of course. Uh, but how did you feel like the first week of camp went? Uh, pretty good. I mean, uh, the first skate, uh, 
I was a little worried there, but you know, we <laughs> uh, the second the second practice uh, it was uh, a, a lot better. Guys were passing the puck better. There, there was just a, a, a better rhythm, and um, we we knew coming in that uh, the first few practices might be tough. But uh, I know the guys are doing a good job. We're uh, we have a good pace out there. We uh, we have some battle drills, and um, I think uh, I think we're in the right track. Is it important for you guys and the coaching staff to institute practice plans at this time uh, that simulate games as much as possible? Because as you mentioned, you have one exhibition game, you have the round robin games with an opportunity to move up in the, in the seating. But is it important for you guys to have as much of that kind of simulated a game experience that you're performing in practice? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, any battle drills, I think that kind of gets you back in in the rhythm. And uh, like tomorrow, we're going to have a scrimmage. So just just th- those kind of practice to kind of put you in a, in a game uh, uh, game like situation. And uh, you can in the summer, you can do as many drills as you, as you can. But if you don't get in that mindset of an actual hockey game and uh, being able to read the play, and uh, I think uh, it, it's a good thing that tomorrow we're going to have a scrimmage and, and, and see how it goes. Uh, are, do you, at this point in your career, do you, do you know when your game locks in? Do you, is there, like, do you feel it? You go, okay, everything, the hands are, everything is kind of dialed in now. Or do you not know that until you've actually played a game? Is that something you can figure uh, out in practice? Uh, you can tell a little bit for sure. But uh, but like you said, uh, when you play one game, uh, that's when you really know. Usually you have uh, about, we have about eight games of preseason and, uh, you could play maybe three three games of that, but you know you uh, after the first preseason game, that's when you kind of realize, okay, I got to, I got a little bit of work to do. So uh, now guys are kind of realizing that we need to have that jump right away off the start. And um, and like I said, I I really feel like we're going in the right track right now. Having the season that the team had this year, uh, being a top four seed in the Eastern Conference and the job that Elaine Vigneault has done, he was recognized as a finalist for the uh, Jack Adams Award as the coach of the year for the fifth time in his career. Um, Talk about this coaching staff. I've heard so many players, Claude, talk about the way he runs a bench. Um, Talk about the experience playing under Elaine this year, putting you guys in that position uh, to be where you are right now upon the restart. Yeah, I mean, our coaching staff has been great. Uh, Very organized. Uh, any situation that we're put in during the game, uh, they're prepared. So it's not a, it's not a shock, and then there's no panic. So uh, when well, when your coach and our coaches they they don't panic and they're confident, it's uh, uh, it puts a lot of confidence on the players, and um, we felt that during the season. Uh, I get a sense in talking to the guys and being out of camp this uh, past week. Um, well, everybody's it's great. Everybody's back together and having fun, and, and the boys are back. But there's also a, a, a sense of business here there's a lot of business to take care of in the sense that you guys know you're a good team you put yourself in a good position and now the, the real journey is ready, ready ready to begin yeah of course uh, I mean it doesn't matter what we did during the, the season obviously you like to when you have a good season you like to uh, to take that momentum into the playoffs but uh, there's no more momentum uh, you, we need to uh, to find the game that we had before and you know that's what we're working on uh, we have uh, maybe two more weeks uh, maybe three to uh, till playoff starts. So we need to find the game that we had, and uh, you know we everybody was on the same page. That's what made it so uh, uh, so easy for everybody to play because we knew what our, our our line mates and teammates were going to do. So it was uh, you could prepare for the game, and you knew you knew what to expect from your uh, from your teammates. Claude, the one thing that's really interesting to me, a couple things. One is you guys didn't lose back-to-back games since that tough road trip you had that ended right in the beginning of January. Not losing back-to-back games for that long a period of time is, is 
very impressive. And then nine out of your last 10 games before the pause, you guys won as well. Um, when, when you have a team and, and getting back to that level, what, what's the key to get back to that level initially? Because is it relying on the system? Is it doing, you know, it's obviously doing the little things because the game's all about the little things. Um, but is a lot of it relying on the system and what got you in that position in the first place? Yeah, I think so. I think when you have a system and you believe in the system, you don't, uh, uh, you don't doubt your game. You don't doubt what you're doing. And, uh, if you're consistent in what you're doing in a system and everybody's buying in, uh, if you're consistent about it, you might, you might lose a game. You might have a bad game and might, one game you can have some bad bounces, but if you're consistent in what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing, uh, I think you're just going to be confident with, uh, uh, with your play. So I feel like that's what we're doing this year. We're, we're confident in, in, uh, uh, in the system and how we play and, and how good of a team we are. Uh, but, but like I said, regular season's all done and that's, uh, uh, it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, what's your anticipation of what life's going to be like inside the bubble? Um, you played youth hockey, obviously, you know, you go away for a, a weekend tournament and, or uh, you, you go away with the, your teammates, you're playing in the hallways and you're driving the hotel staff crazy. Uh, you guys could, could be there potentially for a long period of time. Everybody's hoping so. Uh, what's life going to be like inside the bubble in Toronto? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll be playing mini sticks in the, in the hallway, but you never know. <laughs> But uh, it could be uh, it could be a little strange, you know. We're in a hotel with other uh, all the other teams, and uh, you know, I I really don't know what to expect. But uh, should be an experience that we're gonna remember for a long time. So we might as well just enjoy it. Having a guy like Kevin Hayes around and his big personality that'll help keep it fun, won't it? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna keep <laughs> the guys uh, uh, occupied, and uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he's fun to be around and. Uh, since day one, he uh, he talks a lot, and uh, half of the stuff he says is you just gotta not listen to it. But uh, he definitely entertains the boys pretty pretty well. The only the only way he could earn more than that ticket that he signed last off season was if he got paid by the word. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's uh, he'd be uh, yeah he uh, he'd be pretty rich. <laughs> Absolutely, um, playing in front of no fans. Uh, you guys were so good at home this year. Um, and your road uh, record wasn't as strong, but this is not playing at home. It's not really playing on the road. There's no fans in the building. Um, and probably the last time you played without, you know, a requisite crowd was probably when you were a peewee or something. Uh, what's that going to be like for you? Like you go out for warm up, and it's, it's essentially an empty building. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect for that. Uh, I'm sure the first game, uh, it might be a little strange, uh, you know, one a big hit or a goal, and it's dead quiet. It's definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be strange. But uh, after a few games, I feel like we're gonna uh, we're just gonna get used to it, and uh, and then after that, next year, what's going to be strange is having people in the stands. So it's uh, uh, no, we'll we'll see. We'll just have to we'll just have to worry about our game, and um, I mean, there'll probably be a lot of trash talking going and. Uh, hopefully uh, TV uh, gets most of it. <laughs> yeah, that's that'll be interesting. Be on the dump button too. Um, control the controllable, I guess, is the message. And you're right. That w- I didn't even think about that. When there is fans in the building, that'll feel weird after going through this. Last thing for you, Claude. Um, I saw your tweet, and and I and um, we all saw the video of Oscar ringing the bell to signify the end of his uh, treatments for Ewing sarcoma. The way he has approached uh, his battle and his fight with all you guys right behind him and the fans there as well has been so impressive and so classy in the way he's 
uh, dealt with it. Um, just kind of encapsulate your thoughts on what he's gone through, what he means to, to this team, and how that can also be a part of you guys playing for Oscar in a way. Oh, 100%. I know Oscar is uh, a very big piece of our, uh, our team. Uh, his attitude during his whole uh, treatment, it's, uh, uh, I can't even explain it. Uh, he's such a positive guy. Uh, we knew he was a great guy, and you know, he. Uh, anytime we got a chance to see him, it was uh, uh, it was pretty emotional. And uh, you know, he's. Um, I'm not surprised that he uh, uh, that he won that fight because he's uh, he's a very strong young man and a uh, great guy. And uh, good things are going to happen to uh, uh, to this guy in the future. And I think one of the things that has gotten lost in his diagnosis and you know and going through the treatments is how good of a hockey player he is, right? Yeah, I mean, he was leading our team in, in goals yeah. when uh, when it all happened. And, uh, you know, he's uh, – Oscar is a player that uh, everybody wants to play with. He's he's easy to play with. He makes plays. He always does the right thing. And he – I don't know. He, he, he makes your job a lot easier. And, uh, you know, he uh, – I'm not I'm not worried about his game. When he gets back, he's uh, – uh, there, there, there's a lot, a lot of fight in, the, uh, in that guy. Yeah, and he's a guy that just goes to the right areas and the dirty areas, and you don't need to tell him to go there. It's good hockey instincts. Hey, Club, man, I appreciate you doing this, and um, I know you guys will be uh, heading up to Toronto coming up uh, on the 26th, beginning your exhibition season on the 28th against the Penguins, and then the round robin, and then eventually the uh, full-blown playoffs on uh, August 11th, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm glad everything worked out, and, and it's going good with you and your family. Uh, I know you're going to miss them, but um, uh, I know you want to check a box, too, of getting that cup here for Philadelphia so best of luck in the playoffs, and we'll talk soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Claude Giroux recognizing that his team has a chance to make some noise in the Stanley Cup playoffs, albeit after a four-plus-month pause. Uh, the captain certainly has his preparation dialed in as he prepares, along with the rest of the team, to take on the teams in the round robin, the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Washington Capitals, and then get the Stanley Cup playoffs underway on August 11th. Also, Elaine Vigneault, after Sunday's practice session, addressed the media, and here's what he had to say. What was your uh, imp impression of how Jake Voracek looked out there today? Jake looked fine. Uh, you know, he uh, had a lot of energy, a lot of pop in his uh, skating. I, I really liked how uh, Jake and I, and I talked to him about this uh, a couple of days ago. He came to camp, and... Uh, uh, he had obviously skated uh, back home uh, a couple of times a week, and uh, he's looked good out there. He's looked focused, and, um, you know, I, I like the energy and the enthusiasm that he's bringing to our group. Hey, Elaine, uh, you had said that you were going to be making some changes to the lines. You obviously did. W what was the thought process behind, I guess, JVR up with Hayes and TK and then the two new bottom six lines? Uh, you know, I, I just wanted to, to get a – Put guys, uh, Scotty Lawton back on the wing, and uh, I wanted to get JVR some some other line mates. Uh, he didn't play towards the end there, so I'm going to try a couple different experiences. Uh, one for the next scrimmage on Tuesday, and then I'm going to make some changes again to uh, Wednesday's practice and uh, Thursday scrimmages scrimmage. So uh, there'll be some other looks that um, we're going to try moving forward here. And, you know, as we get closer to um, going to Toronto, there's, this is a, a time to continue to work on our, our system, continue to work on our technical and tactical aspect and our conditioning aspect. 
and it gives me the opportunity right now to get a couple of different looks uh, with with you know different line mates and um, that will prepare us i think properly for those games in toronto hi elaine yeah. uh nate thompson elaine how beneficial is it to have a guy like him with his experience a guy that you can use kind of in a variety of ways i mean uh, you know bringing nate uh, you know the way uh, chuck did there at the trade deadline uh, gives us an experienced guy, a, a veteran guy that's been through some wars and battles. Uh, real great example for our, our younger players. And, um, you know, his his presence, uh, you know, on the, on that, uh, that the line that he plays on and the, and the help that he help does for us on the penalty killing is, uh, is a big part. You need depth. Uh, you need players that uh, have got that character and have been through it and, uh, you know, Nate is certainly a, a guy that's been in the NHL uh, with uh, for quite a few years, and he brings a lot of experience to our team. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Story uh, this week on the Associated Press talking to some of the quote senior uh, coaches in the league about whether they were comfortable uh, playing in uh, Toronto and Edmonton. I was just wondering if, when you sat down and thought about it, were you okay with the uh, idea that uh, you were one of the guys that maybe was a little bit higher risk, whether you were comfortable going to uh, to that situation? According to the stats, I'm not quite up there yet. I'm only 59 and you have to be 60, I guess. But, you know, really, um, when, uh, when, when I went back to Canada, I, I took the uh, government's guideline real seriously, uh, you know, followed them to a T and, um, the cases back in Canada, where I'm from, like they came down dramatically, and uh, it was um, a real, I felt safe environment um, when I left to come back to Philly. Um, now that I've been in Philly, basically been here in in the bubble, and anytime I've gone to a more public, uh, you know, I followed the guidelines, I stayed safe. So uh, the way the NHL has created this and with the rules. Uh, I have absolutely no concerns. I feel real safe. Uh, I know I'm in the the nearing the older category, uh, but I, I feel real safe with everything that the NHL has done, everything that um, you know public safety has done, whether it be in Canada uh, or the states. You know, if, if you follow the, the 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 rules and the and the guidelines, and you know you wash your hands and you keep the distancing and and you wear your mask. Uh, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to be on the, on the right side of this. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I hope our players are doing. And like I said, uh, I have, a, at this point, I have no worries at all. Elaine, you have some uh, kids uh, on the roster here uh, that may not figure into the immediate future. Uh, Bonneman, uh, Friedman, those types. How valuable is this experience for them? Oh, it is. And, and you know, we're bringing in probably 30 players to Toronto. So there's a couple of guys that are here right now that aren't going to make it uh, to the bubble in Toronto, but there's some other guys that, A, if you intend on having a, a long playoff run, uh, you need depth. And uh, we're obviously going to need that this depth. Usually this depth is either playing in the American League or they're the what we like to call the black aces and, and they're staying ready uh, you know, just in case the team needs them down the road. So this is a different situation with us going to Toronto in the bubble. They've got to come right now. And, um, you know, I think anybody that's going to be with our group, uh, that's going to go through what we're going through right now, 
as far as on ice stuff preparation video preparation uh is going to benefit from this uh, all our strength and conditioning guys are coming with us if you're not one of the regulars uh, you're going to have a very strict program that uh, we expect all our guys to follow just like if they were in the summer going through their program getting them ready them getting themselves ready for training camp they're going to keep they're going to keep themselves ready just in case we need them Hey, Elaine, uh, two questions. One that's more of a follow-up to what Ed just asked, and then just a quick logistical question. Um, talking about those guys down at the bottom of the lineup, you know, you mentioned they're going to have to go to the bubble, and you know, some of them probably have a better chance of appearing in games than, than others do. They'll be a little bit further down the, the depth chart. Uh, on your part, and I guess the coaching staff's part, what has been the message to those guys that are obviously going to have to, you know, deal with this bubble without the kind of the prize of knowing that they're definitely going to get to play in playoff games? And then I have a second question after that, but go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, those guys, those players, you know, they, they have to stay ready. You know, in any time a team goes for a long playoff run, obviously one of the things that usually happens is, uh things have to fall into place and you have to stay healthy but at some point there are injuries and the other injury that uh, is not really an injury but it's a, it's a, a virus factor some guys for whatever reason might get it so um you know we're going to be in a very safe environment as far as i'm concerned we're going to do all the right things uh, but just in case something happens you, you need players to be ready and we're going to make sure we're going to do our part and they're going to have to do their part to stay ready, to stay focused. And if they're not playing, they're going to use this time uh, to become better players. And that's part of becoming a, a pro. And some of the guys that we're bringing there are younger players that we're going to be really on top of to make sure that they're doing the right things. Yeah, and the, the second question I said more logistical. Um, when do you plan on cycling in special teams work to uh, to the practices? Uh, this is closing in. The next uh, couple of days tomorrow is obviously a day off for the players. Uh, the coaches are getting together. There's a phase of camp here that we've got laid out, but we haven't penciled in exactly where we want, and that's one of them. So I would su suspect that starting Tuesday, we're going to start seeing some special teams work. Alain Vigneault there alluding to the fact that uh, they'll start some special teams work this week as they continue to dial it up for the resumption of play in the NHL. Unable to go on Saturday for the Flyers' scrimmage, their first scrimmage of camp was Jake Voracek, deemed unfit to play uh, for that scrimmage, back on the ice on Sunday, and he addressed the media after his Sunday session. How do I feel to be out there today? The reason How do I feel? Yeah. Feel good. <laughs> Why are you asking? Oh, you missed yesterday, just making sure everything's okay with you. You guys panic so much, it's not even funny. You guys making it sound like I'm dying or something. Jake, I was going to ask the same thing, just wanted to check to see how you were feeling, but overall, just how are you feeling conditioning-wise? And just, I know you said you, this is probably the most you've ever skated in the summer, so you must be feeling pretty good. Well, we play a lot of scrimmages in the summer, so that's that helping, you know, like kind of get the timing a little bit earlier than, than in a training camp. So, uh, yeah, it's better. I was kind of... Uh, you know, pissed, uh, missed, uh, missed the scrimmage yesterday because, uh, you know, it kind of more scrimmages you can get into, it's it's better. So, uh, but it is what it is, you know. There's nothing I could do about it. Actually, you know what, Jake? Can I get your thoughts on um, uh, Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers, uh, given how young they are and, and their development? You know, you got to go against them just about every day. Yeah, they are 
you know, every D that uh, has played against you can skate and uh, has a long reach with a long stick. It's really hard kind of beat. So, uh, you know, you really have to use all of your skills and uh, elements to, to try to get around them. You know, a little bit differently than than, than just wide or, or with the speed. You have, to, you have to think about it every time you're going up against them. So, uh, you know, they they are very good skaters and uh, physically are very well prepared. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good pair. And uh, you know, like we like we said, they are young and it's exciting to see them. Uh, you know, growing like that every every single time they step on the ice. Hey, Jake, uh, these injury situations during this whole thing are going to be weird because obviously the teams can't reveal what's going on. So guys are going to miss days and no one's really going to know. I guess what are your thoughts on the way that that's set up, the, the, the vague unfit to play designation that's given to guys who maybe just miss a day of practice or something minor? Well, you got to, in some kind of way, you want to protect the player's privacy, right? So not everyone. If you get it, let's say not everyone has to know it. And if you, if you decide not to share it with everyone, I mean, that's completely fine. You want to kind of keep it you know, with yourself and your uh, close group of friends and family. And, you know, it's, uh, it's that's what's wrong with this world today. Everybody seems entitled to know everything about each other. And uh, I know, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing to have some privacy sometimes. That's just for us in a, in a band like that, uh, you know, I mean, do you know all the cases every day that being diagnosed? You know all the people. You want to know everything about them? No, just uh, you know, you just want to keep it. Uh, somebody wants to keep it quiet. And, uh, if you guys want to ask me what happened, you can ask me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I don't care. Like you don't have to, you know, dance around it. If you want to fire it away, fire it away. Hey, Jake. I guess I'm gonna follow up on what Charlie just said that. When, when uh, the injury, the nature of absences is not disclosed, it leads to speculation. And I know the players apparently voted to have this system, but do you think that uh, they're having any second thoughts about that, or do you think that privacy ultimately is the uh, number one objective? Well, we're here to play hockey. If you, uh, if you get sick, it should be your decision if you want to share it with the world or not. I know that it's, we are in a different situation than like, normal people, but on the other hand, it's our health. And if you decided to share it with someone, then it's up to you. If you don't want to share it, you don't have to. I mean, that's the right thing to do. And uh, it's like I said, that's, uh, I know you guys have to write about that and uh, kind of talk about it. But uh, on the other hand, we are people too. Like, you deserve to have some privacy as well, especially in times like that. So I'm, I'm, completely up, up with that that uh, you know I think it's a right decision like if you want to share it you can uh, I'm the kind of guy if you would ask me I would probably tell you but uh, uh, there's a lot of lot of people that just don't want to talk about talk about if they are being sick or if they are being healthy or what's wrong with them and I think that's completely normal. Hey Jake I just had a few things so I know you said you'd be okay saying but I just wanted to double check so you overall just feel fine and then also I saw you weren't wearing the visor today. Just curious as to why you didn't have the visor. Well, I didn't have it since the first day of a training camp. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hot out there. So, uh, you know, it feels like, uh, you are kind of in a big bubble with your, with your visor. So I try to take it off and you see better and, uh, just, uh, you get a more fresh air. I feel like, so, uh, 
that's the personal decision on that. And, uh, you know, I still got to decide if I would want to go without it or with it. I don't know. Hey, Jake, just to, just to clarify, said you'd be okay saying what was wrong. So what was wrong with you yesterday? <laughs> I was wondering who's going to be the first one that's going to ask that. Uh, uh, my test uh, Friday uh, didn't come. It was delayed and it was delayed and uh, it came back inconclusive. So they couldn't tell if it was negative or positive. So I did another one yesterday. It came back this morning negative. So uh, there was nothing wrong. So everything everything's all right. Yeah. Uh Talk about the uh, pr preparation here now. Do you guys feel like you're on track? Uh, I mean, you you have two weeks to get ready, but you were off for so long. Uh, do you feel like you're on pace here to be to be ready when this thing when the training camp ends in a week? I think the practices looks pretty good, but then you go into the game, it's completely different audio, you know. So uh, you know, it's going to be depending how well prepared are the other teams. Uh, I mean, in the practice, when we do the scrimmage or when we do the drills, I think it's a high-paced practice that, uh, you know, the passes look sharp. Uh, obviously, it's going to be, a, like I said, com completely different ball game when you step on the ice for the game. So I'm actually glad that we get to play four games before before our first uh, playoff game. So, uh, you know, we can kind of work out some things and see where we're at. So, uh, you know, it's really hard for me to comment on that, but the practice is uh, – you know, it's looking pretty good, and uh, and the boys looking sharp. It's uh, it's actually surprising for me uh, that how good we look because I thought it was going to be more sluggish than than it, than uh, than we showing. One of the things that came out of the return to play protocol and collective bargaining agreement was the term unfit to play. A lot of privacy issues, uh, obviously, in this situation with uh, the pandemic and um, the, the teams and the players. One of the things to have that privacy, to have that information protected, if they want to put it out on their own, they will. Uh, but the teams uh, deferring to the new league protocol uh, to, to not have that information released and Jake Voracek following that as well. Good to see him back on the ice. Flyers defenseman Phil Myers was a big part of the reason for the Flyers' uh, defensive success this season, that pairing along with Travis Sanheim covers a lot of ice and a lot of ground. Great skating ability out of the, those two players. Mike Yo earlier in the week spoke about that pairing and not being afraid to put it out there against some of the best lines in the NHL. That's confidence, and that helps the players as well, feeling that confidence. Phil Myers addressed the media after Sunday's session, and here's what he had to say. Phil, uh, first of all, thanks for your time. Um, can you just uh, talk about your uh, relationship with Travis and um, sort of how important it and beneficial it's been to have been alongside him you know all year yeah um obviously i'm very familiar with him i've played with him before in the american league and you know obviously all of this year and you know we've been around and you know many development camps over the years and um you know he's a great guy um you know i think we complement each other well on the ice and uh you know he's fun to play with make some plays, he's big, he can skate, um, you know, I have full confidence in him when uh, I'm out there with him, and um, yeah, he's a great guy, and he's fun to play with. Yeah, Phil, a couple days ago, Mike Yo was talking about um, how much confidence he has with you and Travis out on the ice against any line, even if it's Dawson Matthews' line and Alex Ovechkin's line. Do you feel that level of confidence from the coaching staff, and what has that done for your own confidence? Yeah, um, obviously, obviously it, uh, it gives you confidence when the coaches have confidence in you. And, 
you know, it's a challenge that I'm embracing with open arms. You know, I love playing against the best players and, um, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to the challenge. And, you know, I'm just going to work as hard as I can and do the best I can out there to make a difference and help the team win. Hey, Phil, um, obviously you've been in been play, in playoffs before, but this is going to be your first taste of the NHL playoffs, hopefully. Um, what is your, I guess, expectation levels for the intensity and the pace of the NHL playoffs? Yeah, um, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, I'm happy that I'm going to get the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And to answer your question, I think the intensity is going to be as high as it's ever been uh, for me during a hockey game. And, you know, um, I'll be ready. Sometimes a player's game goes to a different level uh, when you're put with a complimentary player where it just works. And with Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers, that pairing has just worked for the Flyers this season. They've been excellent together, and the Flyers will be leaning on that pairing coming up here in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, without a doubt. And some of the matchups that they'll have to face, having that confidence that their coaching staff has the confidence in them to play against the greatest lines in the NHL. Uh, will certainly help them breed success as well going forward. So in that episode, heard from Claude Giroux, Elaine Vigneault, Jake Voracek, and Phil Myers. And remember, coming up in tomorrow's episode, we'll hear from Flyers goaltender Carter Hart as he prepares for his first Stanley Cup playoffs. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Give them a follow on Twitter at PennMedicine.com. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, everybody, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode with Carter Hart.